The following podcast is taken from a live broadcast on Inspire FM. Any health advice given, whether general, diet, physical or spiritual, is general only and must be verified by your doctor. If you need medical advice, please consult a doctor. Assalamu alaikum uh, listeners and viewers welcome to another educating edition of the health and fitness show uh, I am your host for today Suleiman Rafiq and this program is broadcasting live from the studios of Inspire FM live today on Thursday the 14th of March 2019 at 6 p.m. casting its positive vibes to all the lovely people in Luton and surrounding areas with our positive airways also reaching listeners via the Inspire FM website. You can also view us via Facebook so all you have to do is go to Inspire FM Facebook page and click on our live link. If you are listening to this show on Sunday or any other Thursday, then it is a repeat. Just before I get into the details of today's show, um, I request from listeners to please make dua for the passing of uh, the mother of Fahad Matin, who is our regular host on the show, uh, who sadly uh, her janazah was today, and also friend of the station, uh, Abdul Ghaffour, whose uh, mother's janazah was also earlier today. So we kindly request that you please remember them both in your duas. So... As you will be aware, we cover different health information related topics every week. And last week, Leo did a great show in regards to martial arts and self-defense. Today's topic, however, is in regards to genetics and health. I'm sure our listeners are going to have thoughts on this, so why not get involved? And you can do so by calling 01582 481822 or you can text or WhatsApp us on 0777 948 1822. That number again 0777 948 1822. So, I'm delighted to say that we've been joined today by three wonderful guests who I will ask to introduce themselves, um, their organisations and their relevance to today's topic uh, regarding genetics and health. Uh, In the studio, we have... uh, Christine Rogers. Christine, could you just introduce yourself? Good evening, everybody. Um, My name is Christine Rogers, as Mm -hmm. Sullivan has just pointed out, and my role is the Flying Start Implementation Manager for Luton. And Flying Start is a a strategy for families, um, for children, um, it, during pregnancy yep. and to five years. So we look at the services that are available for families in Luton and we work with a range of professionals to help make the services better for families. Fantastic. Thank you very much for joining us this evening. And also on the phone, we should have um, Kerry. Kerry, can you Hi. hear me? I can. Good Fantastic. Evening. Thank you very much for joining us, Kerry. Kerry, can you just introduce your organisation and your relation to this topic? Yeah. So, hello, everyone. My name's Kerry Leeson Beavers, and I'm the National Development Manager for a patient organisation called Alstrom Syndrome UK, and I'm the project lead for Breaking Down Barriers. 
Fantastic. Thank you again for joining us. And we should also have uh, Dr. Rhoda Ekelpai, who I think is possibly just going to join us in a few moments on the phone. So I'll come back to uh, the doctor shortly. So... As I say, um, what we'll be doing today is really expending quite a bit of time discussing not only genetics, but a very exciting um, project that, uh, oh sorry, an event that's coming up in Luton, specifically designed for Luton parents, um, that we'll be discussing in detail. And I know a lot of work's gone into this, so we're really keen to kind of share the, 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 the day and the details around that. So as I say, listeners... Why not get involved by calling us on 01582 481822 or you can text WhatsApp on 0777 Great. And I believe we will now have Dr. Rhoda on the phone. Hello, yes. Hi. It's myself, yes. Fantastic. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. And could Thanks you just explain me. a little bit about um, your role, uh, your organisation and your relevance to the topic? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm um, Dr. Rhoda Akilapa. I'm a geneticist um, and I work for the Northwest Thames Regional Genetic Service. So we see um, patients in clinic um, and organise genetic testing and provide counselling and talk to families in a nutshell. Fantastic. And we're going to come on uh, to discuss shortly a bit more around what exactly do we mean when we say genetic testing and why is that necessary? Um, So we will be covering all of those different areas. So we're so very grateful for having you uh, on, on the line with us tonight. That's brilliant. Pleased to be here. Fantastic. So I can see we're already getting a few messages in. What we'll be doing is uh, we'll be going for a uh, a darn break very shortly. And following that, we will then pick up uh, our questions and discuss the event in a bit more detail. So rather than uh, get too much involved in the detail right now, I'm just going to hand over to the um, colleagues who will be arranging for the Azam break, for the Mugri break at seven minutes past uh, six. But do stay with us because as you will hopefully have seen from the range of guests we've got, today's topic is extremely interesting uh, and it's varied and we really would appreciate engagement from all of our different listeners that we have. So very much looking forward to an interesting discussion and uh, a better understanding of genetics and why it's important to have awareness and education around this. Not only if you have children children uh, yourself or if you're a health professional or even if you're working with families I think this topic should be of interest to pretty much everyone uh, across across the town so hopefully uh, it will be just while I have a moment we would also like to encourage our listeners to suggest any topics they might have for future shows uh, alhamdulillah this show a health and fitness show has been running for over three years now and uh, mashallah brother Maha, uh, Fatin brother Fahad Matin 
has done a phenomenal job at keeping the show going but you know we've discussed this in in, in the house and um, we were saying it would be great just to hear from listeners in terms of what they feel would be good topics for us to discuss in the future so we can make sure that we continue to meet our listeners needs so you can uh, either uh, whatsapp those to us or otherwise we're going to explore different ways in which we can engage with our listeners to get some more um, kind of thoughts on what potential future topics we might want to look at i know that we have uh, ramadan coming up and i'm excited to share with you that we have a few different shows that will be looking at various different ways in which we can ensure that we maintain our health and well-being through the month uh, including topics such as healthy eating in ramadan stop smoking in ramadan uh, we're also delighted to share that we're going to have some guests joining us from the luton and dunstable hospital uh, that will be talking in regards to fertility and pregnancy um, and various different topics but we'd love to know if there are any topics you would like us to discuss so please share that with us uh, and also if there are any if there's anyone out there who works in the health and fitness uh, you know world then uh, we'd love to have you on as a potential guest you know we we we, we really appreciate all of our guests giving up their time to join us and we'd like to expand that further so you know if you do have a particular interest uh, within health and fitness or you are a health and fitness professional then please do get in touch with us and we'd love to have you on great thanks very much uh, listeners and viewers for staying with us so as i said just before the break there today's topic is all in regards to genetics and health uh, we have a range of different guests both in the studio and on the phone um, so let's let's kind of get into the detail of why we're here so mentioned at the beginning there chris in relation to uh, an upcoming health awareness and genetics event which our colleagues on the phone are also supporting um, can you just tell us a little bit more about why you're holding this event? Certainly. We decided we'd hold this event because we thought it would be a really good opportunity to actually bring um, professionals and families together. We were very keen to provide an event that would actually um, raise the profile of some of the more rarer genetic disorders. Uh, but equally for families that live in Luton, we're very keen to ensure that they are aware of organisations that are local that could actually support their needs. And so that's actually why we brought this event together, because we were looking at how it could be really helpful for professionals, but for families on the ground looking at it from their perspective. Sure, so it's a Luton-based event and what other organisations are going to be there? So we have the Sickle Cell Society, we have the Breaking Down Barriers, Carrie's bringing a few organisations along with her because they, we just thought that would be really helpful. There are a lot of organisations I have to say I hadn't heard of before and I'm sure yeah. for many families there'll be organisations, although maybe their child's got a genetic disorder but they don't actually know which organisation they can go to. The Luton Parent Carer Forum will be there as well in attendance. And we know that they're a really pivotal part for some families. We'll have the children's centres, we'll have dental services, we will have the Disability Resource Centre. So we have actually about, I think we've got about 20 to 25 organisations that wow. will actually be in attendance on the day. Yeah, that's, so clearly a lot of work's gone into trying to get everyone together on one day. And uh, when when is the day When when and where's the location? Right, so we're very excited about this event because it is... Uh, the first time we've ever done it and we're very excited about the learning as well that will come from it for everybody really so it will be held at Luton Central Library so it's a nice central location for families it's on Tuesday the 
26th of March and it will be 10 till 3pm and we will have organisations distributed throughout the whole of the library but we will also have, which is really quite exciting, some free information sessions for um, families and for professionals. So we'll have um, sessions that are a parent's perspective and we'll have some families that have... um, worked with organisations and we'll be looking at um, how they've um, dealt with some of the challenges that they've had and how they've linked with other services and we'll also have the genetic services of which Rhoda I believe will be in attendance. Fantastic and hi Rhoda do you want to come in there? No, no, that's absolutely fine. Sorry, carry Fantastic. on. No, no, no problem. We look forward to welcoming you to Luton. Um, so just just to be really clear then, Chris, in terms of the target audience for this event, it's very much for uh, for parents? It's very much for parents. So it's for parents with children of any age, really. So we're yeah. looking at linking everybody up so as people can come into the library and they can meet organisations, mm. but also for professionals as well to come yeah. along and learn and learn about the family's perspective. We're really keen to get that side of it as yeah, well absolutely because it sounds as though for anyone that might be working with with any families it would be beneficial to have some knowledge in terms of what services are being made available locally absolutely and i think that many professionals um, on the ground find it helpful to attend events where they actually get to talk to people to mm. actually understand what an organization can offer in the same way a family might not be aware of what's actually out there for professionals as well to actually then signpost and to to let parents know what support's available we see this as been really a really exciting element of this um, event fantastic and is there information available on your website yes. for people yeah so that what's the website so address? the website is the flying start website Great. which is shall i give you the link to it yeah, right it's www.flyingstartluton.com or lowercase fantastic that's great so people can find more information on there and share that link as well that's really useful kerry i just want to bring you in um in terms of at the beginning at the intros there you mentioned the breaking down barriers uh program uh, what what is the breaking down barriers program okay well breaking down barriers is a project that's funded by the sylvia adams charitable trust but it's managed by our organization alston syndrome uk so just to give you a little bit of background so i'm also the parent of a child with a rare genetic condition so oh. my son is diagnosed with alston syndrome and actually there's only 82 cases of Alstom syndrome in, in the UK. So I do have some understanding of, of the experiences of families and, and what they go through being diagnosed with a, with a genetic condition. So I joined Alstom syndrome UK around 15 years ago and I, and I work for the organisation full time. So back a number of years ago, we looked at our database and we realised that we only had three children on our database from ethnic minority communities. And we knew that with, with us, some more recessive conditions that Rhoda will explain a little bit more about later on, that, that we did feel that there should be more children from ethnic minority communities that may be diagnosed with Alstrom syndrome, but for some reason they weren't accessing our service or maybe they didn't even have a diagnosis. So we we developed a project that was funded by Sylvia Adams Charitable Trust to to try and raise awareness of genetic conditions and improve our engagement with with families. And we're really pleased that that, that was a very successful project. So then Sylvia Adams Charitable Trust came back to us and said, actually, we'd like to fund more work in this area because we can really see the impact that, that you've had with being, even being such a small organisation. So this is where we developed... Um, breaking down barriers. So the aim of breaking down barriers really is to support patient organisations, support groups and community networks 
to develop supportive and inclusive services for people from ethnic minority communities. So we want to make sure that we can do our very best to make sure that families affected by genetic conditions can have access to information that's accessible so that they understand that the more about the condition and how to manage that condition. And one of the real key things for me is that families receive the information that they need to be able to make an informed choice about future family planning because families can't really make those important decisions unless they really understand about their condition and what their options are. And genetics obviously is very complicated and it's very difficult for families to, to understand that. Um, so we, we work with organisations to try and provide that information in an accessible format. So how do we do it? So we recently expanded our project and we're now working with over 30 different organisations and there are a range of organisations from very rare conditions to some of the more common conditions and community groups as well. So we provide grants so that each organisation can develop their own individual project. And we also provide an annual workshop where we invite speakers to educate groups on things like cultural awareness and new developments in genetic services because there's a lot happening in the UK at the minute with, with genetics. Um, but we, sh we also share knowledge and experiences as, as groups so that we can learn from one another. And I think one of the things I'm very passionate about, obviously being from a patient organisation and understanding it from a parent's perspective, is that patient organisations can often provide that link between the families at home and the health providers. So we want to make sure that we're doing all that we can to support those organisations to develop the skills and resources that they need to make sure that families really do receive the best support and information available. But I think one of our, the reason we're now involved in the Luton area is one of the other area that we're working on is developing partnerships with representatives from different local authorities and health services so that we can support those organisations, we can help organise events to raise awareness of genetic conditions, but also to look at if there are any gaps in service provision and how we might be able to support that and make sure that patients and, and, and their families have a voice in how services are delivered and making sure that they're as accessible as possible. Fantastic. I mean, it's, it, it sounds very detailed. Like you said, it's quite a complex uh, subject area. Um, but, you know, I think it's fair to say we really appreciate you coming to Luton and trying to, you know, support and coordinate some of the work that's happening here. So hopefully we can all work together uh, with you with you on that. So really appreciate you you doing so. One of the one of the so I'm just conscious we're coming to an advert break in a few moments time. But one of the one of the um, one of the words you used was uh, recessive disorders. And uh, Dr. Rhoda, I'd just like to bring you in. You might need to finish it after the break. But in terms of what exactly is a recessive disorder? Yeah, d definitely. So um, when we talk about recessive disorders, I think we probably have to start by talking about genes. Um, so if we think that our genes are the instructions to how our bodies grow and develop, so we'll have genes for things like eye colour and hair colour, but we also have genes for the way our brains and our organs develop as well. Um, and if you have a problem in one of those genes, it can sometimes lead to a genetic disorder. But um, one of the ways that our bodies have kind of evolved is that our genes come in pairs because we inherit one gene from our mum and then we inherit another copy of our genes from our dad. Um, and a problem in one of the genes often doesn't cause a problem because you've got the second normal copy that acts as a backup. But if you've actually got a spelling mistake in both copies of that gene, 
that's when that child is born with the disorder. And so you'd expect um, to see mum and dad not having health problems because they would have one effective copy of the gene and one working normal copy. Um, and one working normal copy is really all they need. But if a chance dad has passed on the faulty copy of the gene to the child and mum has also passed on the faulty copy of the gene to the child and we see um, a recessive disorder show itself. And that's um, what we sort of typically see in, in, in families where mum and dad are absolutely healthy and it's as if this condition just sort of come out of the blue um, because parents are carriers and the child has inherited the two faulty copies of the gene. I see. So there was the other thing that was mentioned is in regards to... Um, well, actually, just before I get on to that, I mean, just in terms of... So you mentioned there in terms of um, you get one from your mother and one from your father, and then that, that that's how that kind of marries up. In relation to what potentially increased risk factors could there be for families in relation to uh, recessive disorders? Can you just touch on that? Yeah, definitely. So, again, um, thinking about the fact that we're all made up of, of um, genes, the genes being the instructions to how, how we grow and develop, um, the spelling mistakes within the genes is not something that is uncommon. So, any human being has about 20,000 genes and the average healthy person walking around will have at least 100 spelling mistakes scattered around, which wouldn't be causing any problems. But if you happen to come together with a partner who has a spelling mistake on the same gene, that's when a recessive disorder might, might arise. Now, if, you're, if you marry a relative, you're more likely to share DNA. So, for instance, um, first cousins share about 12.5% of their DNA. Okay. So you're just more likely to have spelling mistakes within the same genes if you do marry a relative. Now, a couple who are not related at all, if they come to clinic and ask me, what's the chance of us having a child with a, a genetic disorder, mm. any genetic disorder, I would say it's about 2%. But if... Sorry. Okay, Dr. Rowe, I'm just going to have to cut you off there because we're just going to go to yeah, the advert no, that's break. That's but what we will do, we'll pick that up again just after these short adverts. So please do stay with us. Yeah, we'll do. Assalamu alaikum, this is Atif Nawaz. Listen to Inspire FM shows in your time by heading over to inspirefm.org or listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Any health advice given, whether general, diet, physical or spiritual, is general only and must be verified by your doctor. If you need medical advice, please consult a doctor. And good evening to all our listeners and viewers. Welcome back to the Health and Fitness Show. I'm your host for this evening, Suleiman Rafiq, and today's topic is in relation to genetics and health. Uh, I'm just going to ask our guests to reintroduce themselves for anyone that may have missed the introduction. Um, Kerry, can I start with you? Beavers, uh, National Development Manager for Alstom Syndrome UK and the Project Lead for Breaking Down Barriers. Great. And Dr. Rhoda? Hi, yeah, I'm uh, Rhoda Akilapra. I'm one of the genetics doctors who's based at Northwest Thames Regional Genetic Service at Northwick Park Hospital. Great. And finally, Chris? Hi, I'm Christine Rogers and I'm the Flying Start Implementation Manager where, and I work with a range of partners and Flying Start are always quite integral to most things that go on for families with children 0-5 to five, and so we're very much part of this programme. Thank you. And um, 
Just to remind viewers that this broadcast is coming live today on Thursday, the 14th of March, 2019 from the studios of Inspire FM. So good evening. Welcome back, everyone. So just before the break there, sorry, Dr. Rowley, we had to cut you off to get to our adverts. You were just explaining a little bit more around some of the um, um, increased risks for families uh, in regards to um, genetic disorders. Could you just could you just pick up on where you you were? Yeah, certainly. So I, I was talking a little bit about um, the risk of genetic disorders generally, and then you can kind of compare that then to the risk of if, if you're married to a relative. So for a couple who comes to a genetic clinic that are planning to, say, have a baby, the risk um, of having a child with any genetic disorder is about 1% to 2%. Now, if we see a couple who's married to a first cousin, that risk would increase to about 3 to 5% usually. So it is a kind of a bit more than a doubling of a risk. It's not a huge increase. There's still a 95 to 97% chance that that person does not have a child with a problem, but it is an increased risk. Sure. And I was talking a bit about the, the reason behind that being that if you're related to a person, you share in your blood, um, you do share a proportion of DNA. So the more closely related you are, the more genes that you share. And the more genes that you share, the more likely you are to have spelling mistakes in the same genes. And those recessive conditions arise when you get two, um, when the child inherits two copies of a gene that have the spelling mistake on them. Now that increase, that sort of one to two percent going up to three to five percent, only applies for a couple who don't have a family history of genetic disorders. So that's important to remember. Right. I think if you actually have children in the family who are born with um, significant illnesses or disabilities, then that's a different situation. And then it would be helpful to see genetics to talk about the risk that's specific to that to that couple. Sure. And is there any additional risk in regards to, so you mentioned in terms of with cousin marriages, but if your um, your parents um, had cousin marriage, then does that increase the risk or does that, it doesn't all work yeah, like that? Yeah, um, it can, yeah. So as I mentioned, um, the sort of generic risk is the sort of 1% to 2%. And then if you're first cousins, we say that the risk doubles, but obviously double 1% to 2% is 2 to 4 but we would normally say 3 to 5 because of the fact that as I said, the more closely related you are, the higher um, the sharing of DNA. So if, when we see uh, a couple who are first cousins, um, I, like you say, it's, they're often not the first people in the family who have married first cousins. Parents might also be first cousins as well. We might see a couple who are double first cousins. So say, for instance, um, your sisters, um, your mothers are sisters, but also fathers are brothers as well. Right. That would um, be sort of double first cousins. So that sharing of DNA that we would calculate to be 12.5% between first cousins. Actually, when you look at um, more ancestral marrying within the family, that, that um, percentage is often higher. And so studies that have been done in some communities um, within the UK, the risk is higher than, even sometimes higher than the 5%. We can get up to sort of 7% in some communities. So yes, the, the more related you are, the higher the risk is. Sure. Um, 
Right, that's really that's really helpful. I mean, you've explained that in quite a, quite a simple way. Given this is quite a complex topic, just can I can I just ask in terms of from your perspective, um, you, you're obviously heavily involved in this. Can you just explain, you know, in terms of you mentioned their genetic testing? Um, I mean, how does someone get genetic testing? Who is it available to? Can you just explain that process in a bit more detail? Yeah, definitely. So I'd say that genetic testing is quite a broad term that describes the process of looking at the genes. The key thing um, to think about for somebody who's wanting to get information so it appears as though we've lost you on the line there. Unfortunately, uh, we will try and. Um, oh, sorry, are you back? Um, yes, I yep. think so. Can you hear me? I okay. can now. Yes. So go ahead. Okay, I'll try and stay very still. Please do. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> So as I, I was, what I was saying is the first stage is really gathering as much information as possible from the family. Um, and then in terms of being seen by genetics, I think if you're um, in a situation where there are children in the family who you know have significant problems or have a genetic problem, um, then the first thing would really be to go to the GP and get a referral to see to, to be seen in genetics clinic um, and then you, that sort of can get the ball rolling to see whether genetic testing is appropriate. So it's not always appropriate to go ahead and do a test straight away. It is quite complex and it requires a lot of information gathering so that we choose the right test for the right person. Sure. So um, in terms of um, if someone is listening to this that would, would you know, is, is concerned perhaps, then the first step would be to speak to their GP. Is that right? I would say so, yes. So if, um, for instance, a person has a child who has a, an illness who's already a doctor in the hospital then that could be an avenue to talk to the doctor in the hospital and say you know you would like to be referred to genetics so we get a lot of our referrals from pediatricians from neurologists but also if you're somebody who um, is um, planning to start a family or you know thinking about starting a family in the near future and there are people you know of um, possible genetic disorders within the family um, then you could just go to your GP and say, look, you know, we're, we're thinking of starting a family soon and this is our family history. Please, can you refer it to genetics? And then we can sort of talk through things and see what genetic tests we could offer to that couple. Fantastic. And just uh, we just had a question in from uh, a listener. So thank you very much for, for your questions. Um, the question is in regards to is the risk specifically uh, for first cousins or does it apply to second, third family relations also? So, yeah, that's a good question. So the risk um, does increase slightly the more related you are. So as I said, um, the amount of DNA that first cousins share is roughly about that 12.5%. When when you get to second cousins, it's about just over three percent. So it does go down quite dramatically the further you go out. So um, the risk is a lot lower for second cousins, but overall, it, it, it you know when, when the risk for unrelated couples is the risk for first cousins, as I say, is about three to five percent. These are families where there is no family history already of genetic disorder. So if you are married to your second cousin, there is a risk there still for married to first cousin. Sure. But as I say, we have to remember that if you're not the first um, first cousin married or second cousin married in the family, 
it, it, you might be a bit more related than you think. If you see what I mean, I do. Yeah. So it's best to, if you are, if you are, if you are in that situation, then seek some uh, um, opinion from from a health professional. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Just uh, moving on. Uh, in terms of, uh, we've obviously got this really um, interesting event coming up for Luton families. Um, so just to just in relation to families that may have a child with a health condition or uh, a special educational need um chris um is is this event going to have anything particularly catered for them yes most definitely this event is designed to be an information um, session for families it's also designed to look at the library we're hosting it in the library for a a number of reasons a it's very central but equally the library are keen to look at um, even literature and books and things that might be available for families to support them the idea of having the genetic service and having the um, array of different organizations attending the event is so as families can access the information they can talk to people we know that actually talking to people is usually the easiest way and the most comfortable way of having um, an understanding perhaps about an organization and what they can offer and having the parent carer forum there as well is um, great because actually that enables families to have conversations with some of those um, uh, people that have actually families that have been through it and actually there's nothing quite like talking to somebody that's actually been on the journey themselves and so that's why we're very keen that the parents perspective comes across as one of our information sessions so sharing the information that Rhoda's been talking about um, in a very um, easy to understand way is very helpful for families I'm sure but equally I think understanding that there are people out there that have been through what you've been through in the same way that Kerry talked about actually I think that's really really helpful and that's what this event is designed to to do it's designed to make it as supportive as it can really for families to find information but equally to know where they can go for onward supports fantastic and just for people that may have joined us a little bit later um can you just recap in terms of the details in the of the of the event most certainly it is a free event which is always good to know it's held at the library it's on tuesday the 26th of march from 10 till three o'clock there will be Uh, organisations throughout the library so you'll um, wend your way through the library and you'll you'll access all of the organisations and the upstairs in the library will have the information sessions. Fantastic and Kerry you're going to be there and you're bringing some organisations with you or which organisation are you aware of? Yeah, so we'll be we'll be bringing along information about a range of different from a range of different organisations. So there'll be some joining us there. There'll be the AKU Society. There'll be Sickle Cell Society, Bardet Beetle Syndrome. Obviously, I'll be there sharing information about Alstrom Syndrome as well as breaking down barriers. And then even for the organisations that can't be in attendance, um, I'll. I have quite a lot of information on our stand available for families as well, and we'll be there to talk to talk to families. Fantastic. Now, it sounds like a really great opportunity for everyone to come down and um, learn a little bit more about this topic. I really hope that listeners will engage with this important event. Um, And as we say, not just necessarily if you have children, but also if you're working with families um, or you're a health professional that would just like to understand these topics in a little bit more detail. Um, It's a really great opportunity. And I just want to thank our three guests in terms of, you know, the effort that they're putting in to make sure that 
families in Luton are being able to access, you know, these these various different services that are available to us, you know, free of charge. Um, so really appreciate your, all your hard work that you're doing. Um, just moving the conversation on a little bit in terms of, um, Chris, you're obviously representing Fly and Start and um, I appreciate, you know, they do they do a lot within, um, within Luton. Um, can you just touch on uh, other things that are available for families at the moment through the Fly and Start program? Yes, most certainly. If we were sticking to the topic that we're talking at the moment, before I move on to some of the other yeah. services, we do currently have workshops that are available for families, or for parents particularly, that have got children under seven. The criteria for um, attending is that your child must be on the waiting list for the Edwin Lobo Centre or recently been seen. And we have topics ranging from managing your child's behaviour, helping your child to sleep, difficulties with senses in everyday life, talking and playing with your child, your child in the family and community and being the parent of a child with additional needs. And these workshops are designed to give you um, ways to, to manage the situation that you're um, perhaps potentially struggling with mm-hmm. at home and ways to look at how um, you can make life easier for yourselves. If you would like to attend one of these workshops, we are, t- we are keeping a waiting list now. And if you could ring us on 01582 548335, we could put you on a waiting list. Fantastic. Is there any cost for those? Um, no, no, they are free, free workshops and they're designed to support families because we know how mm-hmm. difficult it can be, Absolutely. particularly if you're waiting to um, have a conversation with professionals then actually it's a a nice opportunity to actually start to make some changes perhaps at home that might make life a little bit easier for you fantastic that sounds really interesting just before you do move on um and on a a, perhaps a slightly lighter note um i can't ignore our listeners we've had a few questions in um dr Rhoda, i hope you don't mind just in relation to questions around genetics and uh, particularly asking around the concept of uh, a fat gene is is that um is that something that is an urban myth or is that true? <laughs> um, there are genes that cause genetic disorders that can um, predispose somebody to being overweight, yes. Um, but there isn't a single fat gene at all, no. So as I said, there are 20,000 different genes and we do know of genes that can contribute to being overweight. Um yeah, so, so there is some genetic element to it, but there is still, of course, uh, a huge environmental component as well. So I think, um, you know, just being overweight by health, I can't think of a single gene for just that, no. Sure, sure. So it's very much uh, related to uh, your kind of what you're eating and your physical activity levels yeah, as well. Yeah, combination. So general... Uh, obesity in the society i think uh, there's a big environmental component but yes i think there is some genetic influence as well sure 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 yeah so it's likely to be combination of genes and environment there you go so uh listeners thank you very much for for a few of you that uh put forward that question you know who you are and uh, just uh kerry uh can i just uh, bring you in again just in terms of um obviously you, you're looking to expand your work in luton is there any other kind of key messages you'd like to share with us no just i think it's um 
for just making sure that families know that there are patient organisations and support groups out there that can help too. And sometimes it can be quite daunting to mm. contact health professionals, particularly if you're not sure if you've got some symptoms and you you know you may have done some research yourself and thought you may you know there may be signs of a particular condition. There are patient organisations and support groups out there that will be more than happy to take a call and have a conversation about that as well. That's often now we get people referred to our organisation. So for Olsen syndrome, for instance, we have children that have got a severe visual impairment, they're overweight, they mm. may develop heart problems. And sometimes linking those symptoms together, parents often go onto the internet and may suspect it's a condition. So we'll often get calls from parents and then we can support them and refer them into different services to be able to get the, the tests that they that they need. Sure. Now that's really helpful. So just to just to be clear there then if that if that is something that parents who are listening are uh, going through at the moment in terms of, you know, looking online, etc. The thing to do is really to get in touch with one of these relevant support groups. Is that if I understood that correctly? Yeah, and obviously to speak to GPs as well, and it's mm. not to replace the health service, but yeah. if they feel they want some support to do that, then and then that's another avenue to to mm. them. Yeah, no, I think one thing that's really come out of today's conversation is about that um, supportive kind of um, ethos around that it's not, you know, you're not necessarily alone in what you're going through um, and that there's various different organisations to support support everyone in the community. So that's that's been really one of the highlights for me. Um, sorry, Chris, back back to uh, Fly and Start. I know there's, there's so much that goes on at Fly and Start. Can you just share a little bit more that you got coming up at the moment or that's uh, that's, that's live right well flying start um, we would hope that most families in Luton have seen flying start um, in some form we have our flying start children's centers which are across the whole of Luton and they offer a range of services from when you're expecting a baby through the antenatal um, period we've got programs for when you've had your baby so the child health clinics for if you want to go and weigh your baby will be held at the children's center but we also have lots of groups that are designed to get you out of the house if you want to meet other other families you want your child to mix with other children and you want to perhaps just get out and make friends then mm. the children's center is a really good place we also have on offer a range of programs for parents as well to look at how they can have some additional support if they're struggling a little bit so we have a range of different programs that are available for families we try to have something that meets most of the needs and the staff in the children's center if you have any worries or any concerns then they're another good um, good contact really mm. to go into your children's centre and just talk to them really about issues and things things that you're finding challenging because they will be able to identify what's the best service for you and we're always keen to do that make life as easy as we can for families when they have children because we know children don't come with a manual and we know it's not easy we've all yeah we've all struggled at times in our lives and actually the fact that we've got children's centres available for you locally yeah. and I think we just make, have to make sure that we all use them absolutely and it was interesting because my understanding is that zero to five age is so critical in a child in a, in a person's development you know it really sets them up for the rest of their life and one of the points you made there was around interacting with other children uh, you know I know homeschooling now is becoming more and more common um, you know throughout the country um, and so this is a good opportunity for zero to five year olds to engage with other children and learn those kind of skills I guess yes yeah, yeah absolutely I mean we know that um, 
children's brains develop they develop more when they're born than mm. actually at any other time in their life we in fly start have a really nice program called five to thrive which we encourage everybody to 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 follow really it's in the same way that you were introduced to five a day with your fruit and vegetables right. we have five to thrive which is around supporting your child's brain development so this this can be even when your baby is still inside your tummy so actually the importance of talking to your um to okay. your unborn because yeah. we know that at about 24 weeks i think it is actually babies can hear and so they will be responding they will be listening so it's really important even at that very very early stage to start to talk to your talk to your baby but our five key messages that we're really keen to make sure that all families know about are talking playing relaxing cuddling and responding so if we did this every day with our child we would know that actually we would be helping their brain development it's really important to do these things in the very very early mm. stages of a child's life we know we all want the best for our child we all want them to do really well when they get to school and what we do when we're a parent when we've got our child at home with us before we even get to the school stage is so important mm. so these are the five key messages that we're really keen to get all parents to know that Fantastic. they should be doing and by responding uh responding in, in, when they when by the cues what do you mean by yes absolutely so if you were going to take for example a child that was we know babies will look at you they'll make noises and they are trying to interact with you Mm. babies look at faces it's something that's really important to a baby that the face that they're really keen it's something that they're attracted to it's um, an innate um, part of their um, development and so when you respond to your baby when you talk back to it when you when you talk in um infant directed language i know we all do it we go oh what lovely 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 you are you so we all change the pitch of the um, of the tone that we're using with the baby it's really important that we call that serve and return and that's right. so important to the baby's brain development because actually all of the neural pathways all of the it's joining up all the dots in the baby's brain and then that baby feels that they're loved so when we talk about cuddle the importance of skin to skin contact is so mm. important particularly in a newborn baby when we talk about relaxing it's about making sure that we have time to sit down it's really important to take time to sit down and just chill and actually Mm. be in the moment with your child and playing and talking so they're five key messages fantastic that's 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 really 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 interesting i think often sometimes we just forget how uh, important the fundamentals are you Mm. know and, and just taking that time um to do some of the things that you've just mentioned is is can really make a positive impact the other thing I've heard quite a bit about is uh, me time family. Can you touch a little bit more on that? Yes, absolutely. So going back to the fat gene that we've just discussed, <laughs> <laughs> ways to mitigate, ways to, to help us, our environment are actually mm. being active. Yep. So we work with Start really closely with Active Luton and we have a program called Me Time Family. It's designed for families with children under five and it's um, we have a range of different activities that Active Luton will offer. So it's available across Luton in a lot of the community centres that they that they hold things in and their um, sports centres. But it's, there's a, a go for less card. So you'll be able to access 10 sessions for you and your family for £10. 
and you'll then be able to uh, access things like mini mini nastics. Um, there's a little footballing um, activity. There's something new coming in called Zumbini, which is very exciting. Zumbini. Zumbini, yes, very exciting. So there's a range of activities. It's really good to get out there, to get physically fit mm-hmm. and get active. And that moves us seamlessly onto the, t- the topic for Picnic in the Park this year, which will be the 26th of June. It's held in Wardown Park and we are looking at being active as our topic okay. for that. So it's about thinking active and being yeah. active. Yeah, you yeah. Know, that being active every day helps you off the healthy way. <laughs> <laughs> so we're really keen to see as many families turn mm. up for Picnic in the Park on the 26th of June. Come along, enjoy the activities. There's lots and lots of free activities for families. Fantastic. Picnic in the Park. So everyone's going to be walking down to Picnic in yes. the Park. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's great. I'm sure Leo, one of our fellow co-hosts, will be delighted to hear that because uh, we're all huge advocates of um, of physical activity. Um, just, it's a, just a comment here uh, from a listener just to say um, thank you to all the staff at um, their local children's centre, um, Dallo, um, you know, for all the work that they're doing. She feels really supported Great. there. So just, just passing on that message. Thank you very much for, for messaging that in. Um, we've got only 45 seconds left. Kerry Roder, are there any last points that you'd like to make before we finish for today? I just look, look forward to seeing everybody at the library on the 26th. Fantastic. 26th of March at well, Luton. Great. Thank you very much, Rhoda. Yeah, and well, finally, Chris. Yes, I'm really looking forward to the event. It's um, yeah, it's been great working with um, Kerry and also Rhoda, and we're looking forward to seeing as many families as we can there. It'd fantastic, be fantastic to fantastic. see you all. Many thanks to our listeners. If you've missed any of today's show, you can catch it up on the Inspire FM website or Facebook. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Why not tune in to our live stream? at inspirefm.org and follow and subscribe to our social media platforms at inspirefmluton.